the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you before, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am a master of the laws of taxation laws, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, because of my training, my experience, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and wealth creation and wealth preservation and wealth transfer, and the roles that these particular aspects of the social science of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And again, people say, well, someone interested in money, why do you practice bankruptcy law? Isn't bankruptcy law for losers? Uh, no. I, it's something that every entrepreneur needs to keep in the back of his or her mind because bankruptcy is just the opposite side of this two-headed coin that's focused on entrepreneurship and You know, if you're doing an entrepreneurship that's focused on a business or if you're doing one that's focused on your family unit, which most people don't realize is an economic unit, you want to keep it in the back of your mind as an option for digging your business and or your family business, that is to say the family unit, out of the ditch that either you as the leader of the business or you as one of the co-heads or single head of a family unit drove the economic entity off into the side of a ditch, sometimes because of improvident decisions made by you and uh, your co-leaders of your business. And sometimes these are economic uh, um, um, downfall or economic situations that came about without any of your input, such as a situation that we found ourselves in the beginning of last year, um, brought on by a pandemic. So when businesses are going well, you want to have a succession plan. And that's part of the reason why I do estates and trusts. You want to figure out how you want to transfer the wealth that you created in your business to your heirs and by setting up some kind of estate plan or how you're going to transfer the business to the next generation, or you might decide that you want to cash in on the business and sell it 
you know, to a separate entity. Well, you need to have that in the back of your mind. So those are strategies on, on part A, side A of the coin. But what happens when the business does go into a ditch or the family unit goes into an economic ditch? That's where bankruptcy comes in, or at least a knowledge of bankruptcy or other debt restructuring mechanisms, how to salvage as much of the assets as possible so you can get a fresh start with your business or your family unit and then get on with it. So that's why I say I practice bankruptcy law because I think it's a wonderful way to revitalize an economic unit, be it a professional one or a family one, a personal one, uh, and help a family or business get out of the ditch. And so I primarily practice bankruptcy law, but I also practice its first cousins, that is to say debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, because that's the way most people, most regular people, most like you and me, create wealth is by accumulating assets, primarily um, real estate assets. And I also practice taxation law because the government or governments want a piece of the action and you need to know that and sometimes how to defend yourself when maybe the government is overstepping. And as I've shared with you before, I'm also proud to say that sometimes I have the opportunity in my practice to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors because so many of us have now become the targets uh, and unfortunately sometimes the victims of entities out there that want to tap into the wealth that many uh, seniors have been able to accumulate over the lifetime. And you'd be surprised at the various ways people have to try to manipulate you. So I'm coming to you again today as I continue my voluntary lockdown for at least a couple more weeks, even though I did get my second dose of the COVID vaccine earlier this week. I'm still in lockdown because, according to the medical community, I won't be fully protected, or that is to say, obtain at least 90 to 95 percent protection for another 10 or 14 days or so. That's after you get your second dose. You still need to basically isolate yourself for a couple of weeks to make sure that um, your vaccine takes effect. So I'm coming to you again from my makeshift studios in my home in a world-class city, that is to say the always beautiful city of Oakland, California, to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and of course, small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. And you, I really believe that you need to do that because as I'm known for saying, I think that representing yourself in a legal matter as a layperson, but especially one concerning your financial assets, so it's like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And when you take a butter knife to a gunfight, you are going to lose. And in this instance, I'm talking about your valid claims and your righteous defenses as such they're going to see the promised land way before you do when you take a butter knife to a legal gunfight so 
Again, I'll share with you the reason, the rationale, the purpose for Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law as it intersects with your money. And unfortunately, in these trying times, the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect your and your families and or your businesses, financial, health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. So today I want to discuss a new program that's geared uh, to aid some of the most important small business owners in the United States. That is to say the small, mostly family-owned and controlled farms that are owned and controlled by black and brown folks. You know, I respect all farmers, not only because, you know, My family came from farmers, but also because they, as a a unit, as a business, cultivate and produce the food that we put on our tables every day to nurture ourselves and our children. Well, like most small businesses or all large businesses owned by persons of color in America, Farmers of color have faced discrimination in obtaining and or keeping their land and in obtaining capital and credit to run and manage their farms. And this has especially been the case with their dealings with our own government, particularly and specifically the United States Department of Agriculture. However, as reported in uh, yesterday's Washington Post, up to 13,000 black and other minority-owned farmers could start to see thousands of dollars in loan forgiveness beginning next month in June. And this is part of the federal stimulus package that is geared towards helping disadvantaged farmers. But this program has been delayed for months, unlike the restaurant relief program that I shared with you the last few weeks that, you know, ran out of money, you know, within days of of coming online. This program has not come online and there's been various reasons why black and brown farmers believe that that's the case. However, the program is geared towards providing four billion with a B of the American Rescue Plan Act. And it was allocated for debt relief for disadvantaged farmers of color to remedy centuries of government discrimination. Again, our own government discriminated against us. And I know this for a fact because some of the situation happened in my own family. Now, black farmers had accused the United States Department of Agriculture of dragging its feet on the program. Because so far, not a single penny has gone out the door. So, however, yesterday, Friday, on May 21st, the Department of Agriculture announced that notices to disadvantaged farmers are going out, explaining the debt relief money is now available and that the agency expects to start paying uh, the Farm Service Agency direct loans in early June, just a couple weeks from now. At least some of the letters went out last week. 
Now, civil rights activists have said the debt relief program represents a big step towards rightening a wrong after more than a century of mistreatment of farmers of color by the government and others. Meanwhile, white farmers and some lawmakers have criticized the program, calling it a form of reverse racism. Man, they love to sing that song. And banks have warned that it would financially harm lending institutions. That's because most loans made by banks are packaged into securities and sold on a secondary market with certain guarantees of a a stream of payments. And so if those stream of payments are cut off, even if the farmer gets, uh, even if the bank gets back what it laid out, they're pissed off because they're not going to get that stream of money. And they want the government, you and my tax dollars, to pay them the stream that they signed up for. Now, Agriculture Secretary Tom Bilsack told the Washington Post that he estimates between 11,000 and 13,000 to go out. So when we come back, we're going to go into a little bit more detail. So please stay tuned. I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue our discussion of today's topic, the United States Department of Agriculture's Debt Relief Program for Farmers of Color. Now, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack told the Washington Post that he estimates between 11 and 13,000 Black, Native American, Hispanic, Alaska Native, Asian American, and Pacific Islander farmers will benefit from this program with the entirety of the loans, their existing loans, to be paid off by the United States Treasury. Eligible farmers and ranchers will also receive an additional 20% of that loan as a cash payment that will be sent directly to them to cover any tax burden that comes along with such relief. And so I'll put a pin in this. When a debt is canceled, that's considered a taxable event, thereby Generally, what happens is outside of bankruptcy, that amount becomes taxable that's due. And so that's what this 20 percent for. It's not to put an additional 20 percent in the pockets of these farmers, but it's to pay the amount of money that's owed to the taxing authority because of the cancellation of the debt. Now, Vilsack went on to say these folks will get a letter that advises them that their debt is in the process of being paid. It will specifically state the amount of the debt, the principal, the interest, and whatever charges are involved. And if the farmer and a rancher or rancher agrees that the numbers are accurate, they are to sign a copy of the letter and return it to the Department of Agriculture, at which at that time, the department will, in a matter of weeks, send them the check for the 20% Uh, of the loan, and simultaneously, they will pay directly the lending authority that, that, that 
gave the loan to the farmer in the first place. So I just I want to give you a little bit more about the particulars here. Okay. Um, the bottom line is this program is called the Relief for Black Farmers, and it's part section 1005 of the American Rescue Plan, the ARP. The American Rescue Plan includes two provisions to provide needed relief to black, indigenous, and other farmers of color. First, the bill pr provides $4 billion, that's with a B, in debt relief for certain United States Department of Agriculture farm loans. So these aren't private loans per se. These are loans that were uh, negotiated with or had the backing of the United States Department of Agriculture. And the bottom line is these loans were made in a discriminatory fashion. Black and brown farmers, if they got a loan, they had worse conditions than their non-black or brown counterpart. And that's the reason why between 1920 and 2020, the number of black and brown farmers, well, I'm just going to focus on the black farmers, went from 1 million with an M to around 20,000 farmers in 2020. So I'm going to state that again. Black and brown farmers were put out of business because there is a department in our government who's geared towards making loans such that you and I can have food on our table and these loans should have been made in a non-discriminatory manner and they were not as such. 980,000 farmers went out of business. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of the specifics here. So $4 billion uh, will, will go out to farmers, but and the eligibility requirements are socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers, as defined by the Food, Agriculture, Conservation, and Trade Act of 1990, who have loans with or, or processed through the Farm Service Agency, uh, that is how they got the loans. Now, these farmers and ranchers who have been subject to racial and ethnic prejudice because of their identity as a number of groups without regard to their individual qualities, and that's a legal definition of, of um, being discriminated against because you are a person of color, okay? So the types of loans covered, the debt relief in these programs are in section, uh, uh, the program uh, is only for USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, direct and guaranteed farm debt as of January 1, 2021, and it does not address non-federal debt unless it was a FSA guaranteed loan with a commercial bank or a farm credit system institutions. And the loans are for various types of, of farm-based loans, emergency loans, farm ownership loans, that is say loans to acquire land, farm operational loans, 
loans that were made to deal with soil and water conditions and conservation loans, okay? And the American Rescue Plan was signed into law by our current president, uh, Joe Biden, on March 11th, along with a lot of other goodies that we have gotten, goodies in quotation marks, as, as a society. And everyone is awaiting the details of how the USDA is going to get the money out. And so now we learned yesterday how it's going to happen. The debt relief in the American Rescue plan provides up to 120% of the outstanding indebtedness, 100% to go to the lender and 20% for fees and other uh, taxes and other issues that came about as part of the debt cancellation. Now, the, uh, as of Jan- and those are outstanding as of January 1, 2021. And uh, again, they're for direct loans or guaranteed loans provided by the USDA. And also there are is 1.1 billion with a B that's going to be set aside by the Secretary of Agriculture to assist socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers and forest landowners who have been historically uh, discriminated against by their own government Uh, with such assistance provided directly to producers or through community-based organization, land-grant universities like historically Black uh, colleges and universities and other minority-serving institutions of higher learning. And those funds will be used to help these farmers and ranchers better manage their farms. So these funds will be used to support outreach, financial training, cooperative development, and capacity building, and other technical assistance for these disadvantaged groups. There will also be grants that will be made available, including trying to locate some of the heirs of some of these businesses that the, um, the farms that the, our government put out of business. Uh, I, I think this is very creative. And it's also uh, going to create an equity commission that's going to look at what has happened in the past, but more importantly, focused on the future for farm development in our country going forward. Again, farmers are the backbone of this country. They put food on the table. We need to support them. And also some of this $1.01 Uh, billion dollars will be used for research, education, and the extension of activities at minority-serving institutions, including scholarships, internships, the pathway to federal employment for students. Eligible institutions include the 1890 land-grant institutions. We'll talk about that. After the Civil War, the government um, issued land grants, and it's was the foundation for some of the black and black universities that are spread throughout the South. It'll also be used for the 1994 tribal land grant colleges and universities, also for Alaska Native and Native Hawaiian servicing institutions, Hispanic serving institutions, and insular area institutions. And for more information, 
about the American Rescue Plan, I urge you to please visit the UD, USDA's website. That's the uh, United States Department of Agriculture's website. And you can go to USDA.gov to get more information. I've shared with you before that my family comes from farmers, including those that own their property outright and some who were sharecroppers, like so many uh, of you out there uh, listening to my voice. Uh, I, 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 I am really happy to hear about this. I pray that it gets implemented, but there's lots of people pulling on the other side. And so we'll talk about that in future shows. So we're going to leave it there for now, but always in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including the laws dealing with getting our federal government to address some of the historic wrongs it has perpetrated that has hamstrung farmers of color for generations. So until we meet again, I say once again, please get vaccinated. And until we all do, please keep your social distance, mask up, and wash your hands. Till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 